Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Boudis. On today's episode, I brought on a special guest, Patrick Yip. Patrick is the Director of Business Development at Atmex and OneGold. Atmex is one of the largest retailers of physical gold, silver, platinum, and palladium, selling over $15 billion in product over its 20-plus year history. OneGold is a fast-growing online precious metal platform that has processed over $750 million in transactions during its first three years of business. Patrick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Mark. So I'm excited to talk about today's topic. I think investing in gold and precious metals, you know, with everything going on in the markets and the economy, it's shedding a light on alternative investments and how they can be utilized um, in someone's portfolio. So what is Atmex and how did you get started there? Yeah, so Atmex is one of the largest online retailers of precious metals. As you mentioned, we've been in business for over 20 years. Uh, it's actually interesting. My own personal history is back in 2008, I think many of you guys will remember the financial crisis. Back then, I had an allocation of your typical stocks and bonds, um, just like most other people in the world. I saw the S&P basically correct 50%. And then I asked my financial planner, I said, well, wh- what happened? Could, did no one see this? And he's like, yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of people could have seen this. So it got me researching into precious metals, into Austrian economics. Um, and ever since then, I just, just started getting more interested in it. Moved from California over to Oklahoma City um, in 2011, and I've been with Atmex for over 10 years, or over 11 years actually, right now. Okay, cool. So th- I guess someone would go there. They want to add precious metals to their portfolio. That's the place they would go to to purchase them. Yeah, so we like to offer solutions for all types of investors. We um, Atmex is the parent company, and we do have about 25,000 products in stock. So these are gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. We have bars, rounds, coins. We have old, uh, older coins, which is what we call numismatics. We have currency. We have even collector coins, too. We have things with the Peanuts, Star Wars, Cadillac, a whole bunch of different things. But yeah, people would, people could go over there to, to buy the physical precious metals. We also do offer a solution um, through OneGold, which is a solution to basically buy, sell, and own uh, vaulted positions of precious metals stored at very secure vaults around the world. So they, the, I guess the client has, ultimately has that option. They can purchase coins, bars, and physically take possession of them, or if they didn't want to and wanted to uh, store them securely, you have an option for that as well. That's correct. Um, some people like the, the physical aspect of the metals. They like it off the grid. They like to have it in their hand. They like to know that it can't be hacked. It can't be taken from them. Um, and then other people like a vaulted solution because they said maybe maybe they have a large amount of wealth. A lot of people I know who get started in precious metals, they start out with a couple thousand. It becomes tens of thousands. And maybe if you're fortunate, it becomes a six or seven figure sum. But unfortunately, having a six or seven figure sum of precious metals in your house is not the ideal case. Um, so right. a lot of those customers go to a vaulted solution where they could say, OK, I could own gold. It's stored at a Brinks vault, secured, audited. Um, don't need to worry about anyone taking this. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you mentioned 2008, 2009 and getting hit hard with the, the market drop then, but what's the use case or when uh, would investing in precious metals benefit someone? Or is it something that 
you know, maybe they should allocate some or all their portfolio to constantly, or is it a period of times where precious metals do better than other types of investments? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. Uh, first, let's look at the current economic situation. So I think inflation is in the news. Everywhere you go, you see inflation. Sure. Inflation's running at 8.5%, according to the latest CPI data, which is basically the highest in 40 plus years. So first, let's look into inflation and why you need to be concerned about inflation. So if you look at the 1960s, which we had a period where it took the Fed nine years to resolve inflation. And then in the 1970s, we had a similar period where it took the Fed five years to resolve inflation. Okay, so what does this mean today? So today we're, we're about two years into the inflationary cycle. So in January of 2021, inflation was only 1%. It seems like a long, you know, a long time ago, but it's just that's about two years in. I and mean, many people are feeling the pain. So what happens if inflation lasted five or nine years like it did in, in the 1960s and 70s? So five years of 8.5% compounded inflation. And obviously, inflation will go up and down. It's been as high as nine and change. Maybe it gets sticky around 6% when, when the Fed starts raising rates a little higher. But let's say 8.5%, five years compounded is going to erode 35% of your wealth, which means that if you had $100, this $100 now has $65 in purchasing power after five years. And then let's say inflation lasts nine years, like it did in the 1960s, it's going to erode 55% of your wealth. So your same $100 is now going to have $45 in purchasing power. So that's what inflation is going to do to your wealth. So let's look at different asset classes to see how some of these things perform during that period. So a lot of times people are in a portfolio allocated to stocks, and they're hoping that stocks are going to be able to react positively towards inflation. If you look at the 1960s and 1970s, unfortunately, the S&P did not do so well. It actually lost money in the 1960s, and it only gained 4% in the 1970s. And keep in mind, this was double-digit inflation. I think in the 1960s, inflation was about 12%. And in the late 1970s, it was pushing 15%. So even a flat portfolio here still meant that you lost a ton of money due to inflation. So let's look at gold, for example. Like, So if you look at the same periods, 1960s, gold went up fivefold from 35 to 200 and then in the 1970s, it went up eightfold from 100 to 850. So time will tell what gold and stocks would do. But if history repeats, stocks may struggle in the next couple of years and gold may do well. Why is gold something that seems to react positively during inflationary periods? I think people are looking at it and they're saying, OK, well, the dollar is being debased right now. You're, you're hearing all these crazy policies getting passed. It's like, it, it's just, it's crazy. I guess even with this Inflation Protection Act that recently got passed, I'm hearing that they, they're forgiving student loans. I don't know the whole details of it, but it's a little annoying because it's like, you know, someone like my wife, for example, she took her student loans, paid them off years ago. And now she's like, well, these people are getting a free ride now. Um, <laughs> a little yeah. frustrating for me. I mean, I, I'm not trying to get political, but you know, it's an interesting world. And then the governments are basically debasing our money. And it's happening all around the world. I'm not saying this is a set to this particular person or administration. It's happening in the U.S. It's happening in Europe. It's just governments around the world are debasing currency. So people are looking for something tangible, something that cannot be debased. And with gold, you can't print more of it. Even something like real estate or commodities, it's like you can't just click a couple keystrokes and more of it appears. It, it requires actually some labor, some effort to actually make these hard goods. So I think that's what making gold do so well during this time when the, the government's debasing the currency. Are people still mining for gold? Are there, are there companies out there that are still trying to produce more gold? Yeah, there's definitely companies producing gold, uh, gold and silver. Um, I'm not an expert in the mining space, but I know that it is getting harder and harder for a lot of these companies to, to mine gold. 
Like for example, back then, and, and I'm just thinking the California gold rush period, you could go into California and you could find gold nuggets by just panning. And obviously that, that doesn't exist right now. There's mining companies digging big holes, hundreds of feet down into the ground and, and trying to find small pieces of gold. Sometimes I hear like they, they measure things like grams per ton, which is like, you think about a ton of rock and you get a couple of grams of gold. Doesn't seem like a great return, but it's certainly working for these mining companies. It's funny. We just got back from a trip to Alaska and one of the tourist things we did was pan for gold. And like probably most people, we were unsuccessful. Uh, It'll break your back too. It's like I I, I did it in Colorado after 30 minutes. I said, I'm I'm too old for this. Yeah. So I know we, we talked a lot about gold, but what about some of the other precious metals? What drives that? Is it the same inflationary periods, uh, you know, will drive their prices up? Or is it some of those uh, precious metals have a utility and can be used in other things that maybe makes, you know, supply and demand? But what are some of the other precious metals and what makes them different than gold? So yeah, there's four primary precious metals. There's gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. If you look at Atmex's business, about 70% of our dollar sales are gold, and the remaining 30% are, are silver. And, and maybe, so, let's say, 20-some percent, and it's about 1% to 2% of platinum and palladium. So I'm going to ignore those for now. But typically, gold is known as the safe haven asset. It's the asset that you want to get when you want to protect your wealth. It's not going to be the Bitcoin. It's not going to double or triple like in a two-year period. Maybe it does over 10 years. Years, over 15 years, time will tell, depending on what how the government's debates the currency. Gold is more known as your safe haven. And then silver is is more of a volatile asset. So typically, it's a higher beta asset. So if gold goes up by 1%, silver might go up by 2%. If gold goes down 1%, silver goes down 2%. If people are looking for a bigger return, a lot of times people say, hey, I'm bullish gold, I'll buy silver because it has more upside. Mm-hmm. One of the things that people say about gold is there's no, you know, it it stores value, it holds value, but there's no use to it. It doesn't produce income. It can't be used in this or that. Can some of the other metals be used for other things? Yeah. So a couple topics you bring up over there. First of all, gold, I look at as like a currency or money without a country. So it's like the dollar itself doesn't produce anything. The euro itself doesn't produce anything. It doesn't mean it's useless. It just has a right place in a portfolio. So if you're looking for that big upside, gold's probably not it. It's more known as a safe haven. But getting on to the other assets, silver is the most um, conductive metal, I think, out there. So it's used in a lot of electronic currents. It's the most reflective, too. It's used in solar panels, a lot of industrial uses for silver. And then platinum and palladium are mostly used in catalytic converters. Mm-hmm. A little bit earlier, you mentioned Bitcoin and not to transition over to cryptocurrency. But a lot of times you'll hear, oh, Bitcoin, it's like digital gold. And I guess that could mean a lot of different things. But do you see where there's less demand for gold in the future and maybe maybe Bitcoin has to get its volatility under control. But do you see that as kind of the place where people go if they're looking for some kind of diversifier or inflation hedge? I know now it's mostly speculation that people are doing it, but do you see that as an alternative to gold in the future? I get this question a lot. Of, it's like, is it gold or is it cryptos? And, and to me, it's like, there's not a right or wrong. I mean, why not have both? And I think they both serve a different purpose. I think precious metals have had a several thousand year history. They've been around forever. We know what, what how they'll perform in, in booms and busts during recessions and so on, just, just if you look at data. I don't think precious metals are going anywhere for thousands of years. We're way after we move along from the earth, precious metals are still gonna be here. I think if you look at cryptos, it's a different type of asset. So Bitcoin has been around since 2009. Unfortunately, that was after the 2008 crash. So no one knows what's going to happen with Bitcoin during the next crash or the next recession. To me, it doesn't mean Bitcoin's bad. Maybe it goes to 100,000. Maybe it goes to zero. No, no one knows, right? So my thought is like, 
you probably should have some Bitcoin, just like you should have some gold, some silver, so on. It's all, it's all about diversification. If Bitcoin went to 100,000 and you missed out, would you be upset? Maybe, probably. If gold does what it did in the 1960s and 1970s, let's say it had a 5x move up and, and now you're having gold at, let's say, almost $10,000, would you be upset if you missed out? You know, maybe. So it's like, put what you could afford in each one and look at the history of what each asset does uh, before. But that, that's what I would recommend. But it couldn't hurt to get exposure to both gold and Bitcoin. Sure. Let's talk a little bit about Atmex and how the exchange works. Is it as simple as someone opening up, let's say, like a TD Ameritrade or Schwab account and being able to transact and, and purchase precious metals? Yeah. So th there's two companies. There's Atmex, which is like the online retailer. I, I almost call it like the Amazon of precious metals. It has 25,000 products. You add things to your cart and, and we ship it to your house and, and you do whatever you want with it. You hide it. You put it in a safe deposit box. You put it in a safe or whatever. That's Atmex selling physical precious metals. What I'm currently doing right now, and it's a more convenient option, is a subsidiary of Atmex. It's called OneGold. So back in 2018, Atmex partnered with Sprott, and Sprott is a large alternative investment manager, which, which has about $22 billion under management, um, to come up with OneGold, basically a new and modern way to own precious metals. So many people call it the Robin Hood of precious metals because it's so intuitive and easy to use. And what OneGold is, it's an online investment platform that allows you to buy, sell, and trade vaulted positions of metal. So similar like a, like a trading account. These precious metals are stored either in the U.S., Canada, Switzerland, or the U.K. You get to choose. OneGold starts by having various agreements with vaulting companies, so like a Brinks or a Loomis. It then purchases large bars from the wholesale market. So these are the bars you see in movies, like the 400-ounce gold bars that you see in like gold heists and stuff like that. So we buy stuff like that. Right. It gets stored at Briggs or Loomis. We then make the metal available for sale. And then when the customer purchases it, they almost have fractional ownership in a large bar. And the reason we do this is because we're able to give extremely attractive pricing. So instead of having to pay for the whole supply chain where this big bar is, is sent to refineries, made into small bit, small pieces, stamped out, going through a retailer. And you have so many different points that it touches throughout the supply chain. So one goal is basically eliminate that, allowing you to take direct ownership of the larger bars. And if you ever have a position large enough too, um, you could swap your position at one gold and actually take a physical bar for delivery too. It's important too that all the metal held at one gold is insured, it's audited, like I said, backed by Atmex and, and, and founded by Sprott too. So I would say if you are looking at a platform like this, definitely look at who's backing the platform. Do you see people using one gold buying and storing like permanently? Or do you, I mean, do you see day people day trading precious metals or is, it, is that even possible to do? You could definitely trade. Unfortunately to me, I, I used to trade futures, but even the best traders are saying they're, they're right 55% of the time. So, you know, it's, it's hard to be consistent on trading. But my thought is you look at it and I would say it's a longer term hold. And the reason for this is I think a lot of things are cyclical. 2000 to 2011, you hear that the S&P had a lost decade. It basically didn't go anywhere. Gold, on the other hand, went from 250 to about 1900 from 2000 to 2011. And then fast forward to, you look 2011 to now, gold basically didn't do anything. It went from 1900 down to 1050 and back at 1750. While stocks, on the other hand, went up fourfold from 1250 to 4800. Obviously, we're not there right now. We're at 4000. But if you look at it, a lot of things are, are cyclical. So given that inflation's here, the Fed's raising rates, I think it may be time that that cycle swaps and stocks are going to struggle for the next several years and gold may do well. It could be that diversifier in the in the portfolio that, that helps. Yep. 
Now, I know investing in physical bars, coins, it's not the only way to invest in gold. Someone could invest in an ETF or even, I guess, a, you know, invest in the stock of a company that maybe can benefit if the price of gold goes up. What are the pros and cons from you know, buying it on the physical versus some of those other ways of investing? Sure. So buying on the physical, either through Atmex or OneGold, is going to directly tie you to the commodity price. Like you own that metal. If you look at like something like an ETF, which is by far the most popular way to buy precious metals. So this is through like something like the GLD or SLP. What I would recommend before you get into a lot of these ETFs is read the prospectus. A lot of people, unfortunately, they choose something, they get in, they don't know the terms and conditions of this thing. But if you look at the ETFs, they actually say the metal is not insured, which you hope that nothing happens, but it's always a possibility that something can happen. In addition, on the GLD and SLV, they said the metal could be held at a custodian, a subcustodian, or even a subcustodian of a subcustodian. Which to me is like, okay, so do I have title to it? Like, yeah. Are there too many parties involved in this? So that's something to be aware of if you get in any ETF. I personally would not touch a GLD or SLB. Mining stocks are a good thing that you bring up. I do have some mining stocks in my portfolio. The important thing to consider there is you're largely betting on a management team. You could have the best asset in the ground, but if the management team can't execute, then you're not getting gold out of the ground. Or you could maybe have a a decent property. Maybe it's not the best property, but this management team has had experience. They know how to pull the gold out of the ground. They could get it and they could mine it efficiently. So I would say with a mining share, there's a lot more research. There's a lot more due diligence uh, before you just jump off blindly into those. Mm -hmm. Now, I know people are always concerned about the tax consequences of different types of investments. And one of the things that comes up is, you know, investing in some of these alternative assets through IRAs or 401ks. Can someone utilize an IRA or 401k at one gold or is it strictly just your traditional like account that has to be created? Yeah, you could definitely use open an IRA through one gold. The the neat thing about one gold is. Typically when people, and and I would watch out if you are opening a precious metals IRA, I would say before you do, make sure you understand all the fees. There's companies out there that unfortunately make a living on this and they make double digit margins, which is not how it should be. I mean, you're buying a commodity. Commodities shouldn't be sold at a double digit margin, but make sure you understand the fees. I personally would recommend one gold. And the reason for this is, as I mentioned, you're buying ownership in in a large bar. So we're selling gold for 0.8% over spot, silver for 2% over spot. So basically a hair over the commodity price. And obviously that covers a little bit of our profit, a little bit of the administration and so on like that. But basically very close to the the commodity price. And then when you sell it, we basically give you the commodity price less 30 basis points or less 0.3%. So extremely tight buy-sell spread. If you were to get in and get out, unlike some of the other things, there's people in the IRA space that's offering physical metals. They'll sell it to you at 20% over and buy it at 30% under. And, and before you know it, you have a 50% spread, which is yeah. you know not what you want to do. You don't want to be losing a good chunk of your assets just by getting in and out. But yeah, you could definitely open a, an IRA on one goal. Is gold priced the same way a stock was and you can at any point in time you can get a updated price or is it priced once a day or less frequently than, than that? Yeah, so it's it's just like any stock. So it trades throughout the day. There's actually a period of time, like basically it's twenty four seven. There is I'm Central Time, but there is a period between four fifteen and five p.m. where the markets are closed. But it goes from New York, then it goes goes to like Asia, goes to Europe, and, and there's big exchanges all over. But you could basically pull up a spot price um, of gold and silver at any time, and you could check out the live spot price too on Apex.com. That's A P M E X dot com or OneGold.com. O N E G O L T. Uh, The price is refreshed every 60 seconds. Is there different classes or types of gold, or is it just gold is gold and and there's one variation of it? 
So gold is essentially gold, silver, silver. On the Atmex side, there are products that are better than others, better in terms of like more desirable, more liquid. This is another thing too, of like, if you do want to get, let's say physical gold through Atmex, I would recommend you get some of the most popular products. So let's say the Gold Eagle, the Silver Eagle, which is basically the sovereign coin of the US. Gold Maple or, or Silver Maple, which is, is the Canadian sovereign coin. But those are the ones I think you can't go wrong with. On one gold, it's basically you have ownership in, in what they call a, a London good delivery bar, which is basically they have the London bullion market is one of the largest markets, if not the largest market in the world. And they have certain regulations on what the bars need to be. So they need to be of a certain purity, of a certain size, recognized by a certain refinery. They, they need to pass all these certifications uh, before they, they get approved. So that's what you're essentially owning on, on one gold. And let's say I, I buy gold on one gold and at some point in the future, I want to sell it. Am I selling it back to one gold? Is one gold on the other side of the trade or, or is one gold just matching up and finding a buyer to purchase my stake in it? One gold will be the other other side of the trade. And the way we provide market depth is we're connected with a lot of wholesalers too. So if you want to buy a large position, we could, we could certainly buy that from the wholesalers. If you want to sell it, there's no worry about liquidity because we could easily, what we'll do is essentially, let's say you wanted to sell a large position. We would basically just offset our risk with the wholesale market. And we've done transactions north of $10 million on one gold. What do you see as some of the trends coming up in the precious metals industry? So I think that's a great question, too. So if you look back before COVID times, um, I would say it's a normal business. So let's say 2019 was a normal time. When 2020 hit, we basically saw business ramp up and, and boom. So comparing this year to a couple of years ago, we're seeing sales like at two, two and a half percent times what we saw a couple of years ago. We're on track to ship over $2 billion in precious metals to retail customers this, this year. Um, in fact, earlier this year, we had our best month ever. We sold about $235 million in precious metals to retail customers. We're seeing the number of customers also um, double or more than double from a couple of years ago. So I think with inflation here, people are saying, well, how could they protect their assets? Um, and, and gold has historically been known to protect assets. So I think people are just running to it. On Atmex, is it, you know, you mentioned, I forget if it was 24,000 or 25,000 different products, but are they all your inventory or can someone put their products up on your platform? No, they're actually all ours. We have, I, I don't know the current amount, but I would say north of 150 million in physical inventory downstairs in our vault. Um, wow. So we're actually located in the former Federal Reserve Building in Oklahoma City. So we have three massive vaults down there. I think the largest vault door weighs over 35,000 pounds or something. It's, it's, it's basically like you have to lower the floor and swing this door, door open. It's, it's, it's a pretty impressive sight. Have you ever been down to the vault? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been down there. <laughs> Well, we're just about out of time. Patrick, I'd like to thank you for being on the show today. How best can someone reach out to you, find out more about you and Atmex and OneGold? Yeah, so I would say um, as a closing thought, I would definitely definitely recommend that all investors allocate a portion of their portfolios to gold. Um, you could buy the physical on Atmex.com. That's A-P-M-E-X.com. Or you could buy a vaulted solution on OneGold.com. That's O-N-E-G-O-L-D.com. We also do have a special uh, promotion for listeners, too. So it's 50% off the gold premiums. That coupon is GOLD50OFF. That's on one gold. That's G-O-L-D-5-0-O-F-F. And then SILVER50OFF for 50% off the silver premiums on one gold. And then if you have any questions about the precious metals market or Atmex or one gold, feel free to reach out to me directly. My email is patrick.yip at atmex.com. And that's P-A-T. 
R-I-C-K dot Y-I-P at A-P-M-E-X.com. Perfect. We'll link to all that. We'll link to those discount codes in the uh, show notes. Thanks again for, for being on the show. And thanks for everyone for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning.